listen, I think if schools would have left for the Big Ten, they would have left for the Big Ten already. And also what I will tell you is I'm very focused on things that are in my control, things that are not within my control. I find no value in spending time on. That's Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov talking about the Pac-12 Conference. What else did he say? Stick around and find out. I'm John Canzano. My co-host John Wilner and I had an exclusive interview with George Klyovkov. What's better than one, John? Here's Johnny. Hmm, nobody really knows. That's why we put two of them together. This is Canzano and Wilner, a.k.a. John and John. You can read me exclusively at johnconzano.com. That's where you'll find in-depth sourced reporting and commentary. Grab a free subscription. Grab a paid subscription at johnconzano.com. I'm John Wilner, Bay Area News Group, pac12hotline.com, at Wilner Hotline on Twitter, and available media partners throughout the Pac-12 footprint. One of the aims of the Conzano and Wilner podcast not just to entertain you, but to inform you and give you analysis, interviews, and in-depth commentary and reporting that you can't get anywhere else. We sat down. Wilner, did we not sit down and talk about who it is we want as our very first guest? And, you know, we went through, you know, celebrities and actors and entertainers, and we decided George Klyovkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, was the right guest. Why is Klyovkov the right first guest for this podcast? Boy, I mean, this is a Pac-12-centric podcast, right? And the Pac-12 is undergoing what some might say is an existential crisis since USC and UCLA decided they were going to leave the conference on June 30th. There, There's obviously the conference is doing very well on the field through the first three weeks. I think probably better than a lot of people ex- expected, myself included. But the backdrop is, you know, is the Pac-12 going to survive, right? And if so, for how long? And the commissioner is in charge of media rights negotiations that are at the heart of the the survival story. So it seemed like he was the right guy to get. On that note, Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov, you haven't done a lot of talking since media day. I And I guess I want to start by asking you, is that your strategy? You, you want to be behind the scenes until you have news? Or what went into that? Because we're getting a lot, a chorus of other voices out there. And, and you know, I think a lot of people are waiting to hear from you. You know, I appreciate it. Listen, Thanks for having me on as your first guest and congratulations to both of you on this new venture. Um, yeah, I, I haven't really done media other than football media day since June 30th and the announcement of UCLA and USC. And, and that is because we've been heads down trying to get our work done. You know, we've been very focused on our media rights deal. We're in the middle of that. And that's the highest priority for the schools. And that's why I should be spending my time on. I, I also don't believe in negotiating in the media, although that seems not to be the way everyone approaches it, but that's all right. Uh, I'd rather put our heads down, get our work done, and then share good news when we have it. At the media day, which was late July, George, you said that the media rights negotiations could take some time. Where where exactly do they, those stand? Uh, Should fans be expecting you guys are going to have some kind of deal here in the next couple of weeks, or could this drag on through the entire football season? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't characterize it as dragging on. Um, these are difficult, complicated negotiations that are kind of the core of the future of the revenue opportunity for our schools and are really, really important to get right. And, you know, we inherited some contracts that have in them some 
uh, peculiarities with respect to pick times and order of picks and you know who gets what games and um, they have some exclusive negotiating periods associated with them and we're just working through all of that and it's not easy work uh, but I, I would say you know it'll it'll happen in the near future I don't want to get more specific than that um, and a lot of really smart people working on it and, and candidly working on it with uh, great partners and potential partners so enthusiastic about where it ends up but I don't want to miss that expectations on timing. You probably saw or heard the Andrew Marchand report, New York Post media reporter said on his podcast last week that ESPN and Pac-12 were hundreds of millions of dollars apart. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> uh, what's your reaction to that? Well, listen, I you know since June 30th, we've heard a chorus of you know uh, things reported through the media, almost always not attributable to an individual. Uh, you know, but reported that are, in my estimation, attempts to destabilize our conference. And, you know, for the first couple of weeks that uh, it had an effect and everybody was, you know, kind of vibrating as a result of some of this nonsense. Uh, at, at this point, our 10 schools are completely focused on the future and being together and confident in each other. And um, it, it's now almost a running joke at our board meetings. What you know? What's what's the latest nonsense that someone has thrown against the wall, and see seeing whether or not someone will report. On that front, people are nervous about Oregon and Washington. Some of those back channel reports, um, and then also I've been hyper focused on, you know, is this conference galvanized? Talking to athletic directors, but from your standpoint, are you confident that all ten schools will sign of grant of rights agreement? I think the TED schools will sign a grant of rights agreement if we put the right agreement in front of them, which is why we're spending so much time focused on getting an agreement that will allow all of our schools not just to compete, but to thrive. The Big 12 situation, you know, you mentioned that at Media Day. Uh, I, be I believe you said to CBS Sports that you guaranteed that none of the Pac-12 schools would be going to the Big 12. Do you, is that still the case? Yes, that's still the case. Because what I've been wondering with that aspect of it is, like, if you're if you're a Pac-12 school, it, you know, Arizona's or Utah or Colorado, right, and you see what's going on with Oregon and Washington, and you're not sure that they're how long they're going to be in the conference, and there you got the Big 12 as what would seem to be a stable landing spot, right? Because the Big 12 has already been plucked from its you know of its top brands. That's what I'm really curious about is why would why are you confident that those four corner schools are not going to jump why why do you feel like they are committed to the conference well i you know i talk to our presidents and chancellors and athletic directors all the time and we have conversations about this and everyone has committed to working together to get a great grant of rights following a good media rights deal and I, I take people at their word. When, when you talk about the right deal, I, immediately I go to money. Is the money going to be there? Is it, are there other factors? What are, what are we talking about with the right grant of rights deal? Yeah, the, the, the uh, media rights deal that we were always contemplating, you know, in the 14 months that I've been on the job and started to think about what our next media rights deal should look like has always been a balance. And Certainly revenue is at the top of the priority list, but uh, we have to also balance that against distribution. 
right? We really want our content to be available to any of our fans who want to see it. I've set a goal of, um, you know, our content should be available on any piece of glass connected to the internet uh, as, as part of our next media rights negotiation. And, and then, and by the way, that might mean that you need to subscribe to a service. It doesn't mean you'll get it for free, but, but it, it has to be available everywhere. Uh, and then the last is figuring out a set of media rights deal or a deals or a deal that allows us to have a little bit more flexibility with respect to scheduling our games. And that's primarily as a result of feedback I heard on our listening tour, you know, when I started where, um, you know, our, our campuses do not love six and 12 day picks and not knowing when their games are going to be or at what time or on what network won't be able to solve all of those issues. But I think this balance between um, revenue, exposure, you know, broad, broad distribution, and some flexibility to allow us to really do a good job of promoting our schools and our uh, student athletes who put themselves in a good position late in the season to be considered for a Heisman Trophy or for a invitation to a postseason tournament or to the CFP. I think we need some more flexibility than we have in the agreements that that I inherited. You know, the glow of ESPN and the in the propaganda that that comes with a partnership with ESPN, it's it's real. I mean, we watch it with the SEC. We've seen it in a, in other cases with stories over the years. How do you balance that? You talked about that balance between cash and revenue and exposure. Um, Amazon last week with that, you know, it was it, it, there was a lot of buzz around their NFL Amazon Prime broadcast. We watched MLS go all in with Apple. Is an all-in deal something you're thinking and talking about, or is is there always going to be a need to blend, or in this era, is there going to be a need to blend a linear provider or a traditional provider with maybe something a little more forward-thinking and innovative? I, I think you're thinking about it exactly the right way, which is what is that balance? I, I'm I'm not going to project where we end up one way or the other, um, but but you're thinking about it exactly the right way as, as that being a balancing act. And that's the way we're thinking about it. And until we're in a position where we have the opportunity to understand what all of our potential partners want to do with our content, what they're willing to pay for it, and what flexibility they'll give us, I can't answer that question. And at the end of the day, I don't get to make that decision, right? I, I and the rest of the group that's working on this at the conference get the best deals we can. We make recommendations to the board, but it'll be the presidents and chancellors who eventually make a decision about how we're distributed. George, what did you think? What were your takeaways from the Big Ten's deal? Did you feel like the results of that were positive for the Pac-12 or because of the, the total amount of money? negative for the Pac-12 because so many networks teamed up with with the Big Ten. How did you how did you view that the, the I, impact of that? Yeah, I don't think it could have ended better for us than it ended. Uh, you know, it, it it set a new bar for the value of uh, big time college athletics. And I think that a bar that more properly reflects than some of the deals that were in the market and certainly our deal more, more properly reflects the true value of these events to our partners and potential partners. These are incredibly valuable rights. There's nothing more valuable than live sports. There are no fans more passionate than, than college sports fans and um, highly educated demographics. You know, we happen to have the dominant position in 
uh, the mountain and Pacific time zones, which adds a flavor that we can offer on a regular basis to distributors that others can't. But I thought the Big Ten setting the bar where they set the bar is nothing but helpful. What about the the array of partners they had? Right, they've got three three networks involved, which you know, to my untrained eye, leaves fewer options for potential partners for you guys. Is that the right way to look at it? Well, I wouldn't make the assumption that just because someone bought some of the Big Ten rights that they don't want to buy some of our rights as well. Um, and for all the folks that were included in that, there were certainly people that were left out and that provides opportunity as well. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, again, I, I was very, very happy with how the Big Ten media rights ended. Uh, you know, do I wish they would not have included any schools from Los Angeles? Of course. But, you know, I'm very focused on controlling what I can control. The uh, the negotiating window uh, out of the gates, you know, there's been some confusion in the public about who you're negotiating with. Are you in an exclusive window? When did that start for the Pac-12 conference and its partners? Well, I, you know, just like you would imagine, all of these contracts have non-disclosure uh, agreements as part of them. And even whether we're in a window or not in a window is something I, I don't feel comfortable talking about right now. Um, we're in the middle of a long negotiation um, that includes our current partners. Um, uh, you know, there are certainly pieces of our rights that are not under exclusive negotiating windows. For example, everything that is broadcast today on the Pac-12 networks is not part of an exclusive negotiating window. So we're talking to other folks as well. And uh, that'll all sort itself out. And I think, you know, I appreciate how passionate people are about this and how people want to speculate about, you know, whether we're in a window or not in a window or, you know, but at the end of the day, we'll, we'll do our work and we'll be, I believe, proud to announce great deals when they're ready. You brought up the Pac-12 networks there. And, you know, a, lo a, a lot of people like the content have had trouble getting the distribution and accessing it. But what is the future of the Pac-12 networks in, in your mind as part of this negotiation? Does it continue to be a thing? Is it something that you sell to a partner? What's the future? I, listen, I think you, again, the, the inherent in your question is an exact right observation of the Pac-12 networks. I, I've always thought that the Pac-12 networks does a great job of producing content. Like we produce more games than any other college sports network, more than 850 live events every year. There's a couple thousand extra games that are produced on campus that we have access to, but are today not part of the Pac-12 networks. Um, and where we fall short, um, again, because of deals that are in place that I can't extricate us from this season or next season, but where we fall short is distribution. Um, so if you think about an entity that produces a lot of great content that not enough people get to watch because of our current distribution agreements, what I would say to you is we're going to continue to produce a lot of great content and we're going to figure out distribution mechanisms that allow everyone who wants to watch our games to watch our games. Could I get back real quick to something you mentioned earlier about the, the exclusive window? Could you walk us through you know, generally speaking, what this pro what happens in this process step by step when you're doing a media rights deal? Like, what comes first? Is it agreeing with network partners and then you take it to the schools and they agree and sign a grant of rights and then you decide whether you're going to expand? Does expansion go yeah, after? Well, 
Yeah, without getting into the specifics of any of our negotiations, what I will tell you generally is uh, the sequencing is you get through your media rights negotiations and and you have uh, a recommended um, media partner or media partners and the, the essential terms of that. You bring that back to the presidents and chancellors uh, with a recommendation. They approve the recommendation. Then they sign a grant of rights that gives you the rights to bundle and sell. That's consistent with the term of the media rights deals that you've done. Um, and for me, then you start thinking about expansion. And it's not that we're not doing work on expansion now, but but um, I imagine a conversation with folks that we would want to add to the conference are a lot easier when we can put in front of them, here's the media rights deal that you'd be signing up for. I think the Big Ten negotiations, they started in either February or March, and they obviously wrapped up in, what was it, late August. Is that a, I mean, that's six months. Is that a a, a fairly decent uh, mirror into how your negotiations may go? Uh, yeah, and I don't want to set a timeline one way or the other. I, you know, we're in the middle of it. Um, it's going to be in the near future. We're really happy with the progress so far. We're confident about where we're going to end up. But I, I don't want to miss that anyone's expectations one way or the other with respect to when it's going to get done. And I also don't feel candidly any sense of urgency at this point. You know, we, we, no one's going anywhere. We're all together. We're focused on doing this. Um, you know, my understanding is because of other exclusive negotiating periods, no other, you know, kind of power five conference is going to be up for negotiation for at least a year and a half. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to take us a year and a half to get our deal done. I'm just saying we have runway to do it right as opposed to do it quickly. And we're focused on doing it right. Does that mean you are you are confident that there will be no schools leaving for the Big Ten? <laughs> Listen, I think if schools would have left for the Big Ten, they would have left for the Big Ten already. And also what I will tell you is I'm very focused on things that are in my control. Things that are not within my control, I find no value in spending time on. Unequal sharing of postseason revenue. NCAA tournament units, college football playoff, windfalls that are coming down the pipeline. Uh, you know, I've talked to several ADs about it who are interested in, you know, what would the revenue share look like? How much discussion are you guys giving to, you know, un an unequal sharing of postseason revenue? Uh, everything is being considered, is what I would, would say. Uh, but we haven't gotten there yet uh, in a formal discussion. I would say, you know, it's better to focus on <laughs> the media rights deal first, get that done, and then if we have to worry about uneven revenues, sharing of postseason monies uh, based on performance, we can turn to that afterwards. But that's that that is not a current topic of discussion. You know, as you bring that up, you know, it, it as we talk about potential expansion or in the media rights deal in the context of the media rights deal, how do, how do you have those conversations when you maybe you don't know? Are, are you adding a San Diego State? Are you adding an SMU? You don't know. Uh, you know, if you're going to model that, do you ask the media partners to model those scenarios or is that just, hey, we negotiate that uh, down the line? How does that go when when you when you put I guess when you uh, couch the discussion about expansion while you're working on media rights? 
I think you have to do that very carefully. Um, media partners, for obvious re reasons, don't want to be in the middle of, you know, if, if you add this team, uh, I'll give you this. Um, that's that's not you know the, the proper way to do things. So there are conversations about expansion as part of a media rights deal, and uh, there are times when media rights deals include. Um, you know, an expansion of the payments tied to an expansion of the number of schools in the conference, you know, generally referred to as, as pro rata rights. Um, and, you know, that, that's certainly something that's in the discussion set that we're having with all of our potential media partners. George, one of the things that I've that have come up over the last couple of months related to to the Pac-12 situation is playoff expansion. Could you walk us through your reaction? You know, I, I assume you knew the presidents were doing what the presidents were doing yep. with regard to expansion. But how, what do you think of where things stand right now? And, you know, as part of that, how do you think that might impact you know, the broader landscape with realignment? Is playoff expansion going to bring realignment to a halt? Well, I, I'm not going to predict what's going to happen <laughs> to realignment based on playoff expansion. But I, what I can tell you is that expanding from four to 12 teams is great for us. It gives us uh, additional access. Um, and um, the other thing it does is it makes your regular season rights more valuable, right? Because you'll have more teams that are yep. in the season in the hunt for the CFP. So e even the announcement of the expansion, I believe, has elevated the value of our regular season football games. Um, and, and that's terrific. Um, I, I will say with respect to expansion, I think you have to think about it as two different things. We're, we're very focused, and this has been reported. I'm not sharing anything with you that hasn't been widely reported. We're very focused right now on whether or not we can get expansion done for years 11 and 12 of the current contract. And we're doing the work in a short time frame to determine whether that's viable or not. Um, that's something, you know, we're... we're 100% in favor of getting it done early. And then I think after we figure that out, we'll turn more towards what does it look like in years 13 and beyond. We still have a bunch of open issues to address there, but we have a framework in which to address it. And I think people are more amenable to um, uh, making concessions um, across the board, everybody, that will get us to a place where uh, everybody will be really happy with the end result of being at 12, uh, starting in year 13, if not in year 11 or 12. There's certainly been a lot of public talk from at the commissioner level, not all of it completely collegial. And uh, what is uh, the mood like in the room with the with the other commissioners, especially with with, you know, Brett Yormark and Kevin Warren? I, I think it's collegial. Uh, listen, this is business. Um, you know, uh, er everybody has to decide how to go about their business. I go about my business probably differently than other folks do. But at the same time, I have respect for everybody. And um, I, I treat everyone uh, the way I want to be treated. And um, I, I think we have to figure out a way to be collegial and get stuff done. The alternative is really detrimental to college athletics. And uh, I know at least for myself, I, you know, I got in this business because of my deep passion for college athletics and my belief that if we all do our jobs better, we are creating scholarships and we are creating opportunity for young people to get an education that they otherwise wouldn't get. And I can't think of anything more important than that. And that remains my North Star and my focus. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I, I can only hope that other people have that same focus. In the Pacific Northwest, we've watched Michael Schill. He's he's leaving Oregon for Northwestern. Oregon State's got a new president that just started, just on the job. I'd be curious in looking at that, how that transition affects the job that you have to do when you've got people coming and going as you're as you're uh, trying to align the conference and and get a deal done. Essentially, it's interesting. The Pac-12 has been incredibly stable with respect to that. I know that at least one of the other uh, Power Five conferences has turned over, I think it's three quarters of their presidents and chancellors in just the last three years. Uh, if you look at our presidents and chancellors, um, you know, the 10 that are currently on the board, um, only three of them have uh, are new since July of 2017. And we have people that have been on the board for 20 years, uh, at least one member. Um, so, you know, University of Utah, Oregon State, Oregon have all transitioned to new presidents and chancellors in, in the last year or so. Um, Washington State will go through the transition as uh, Kurt Schultz got a promotion uh, to run the entire Washington State system, and he'll be replaced on our board uh, in the next year. But, you know, to have um, three of 10 is really, <laughs> in the world of uh, presidents and chancellors, very, very difficult jobs with uh, highly accomplished individuals. Um, that That is relatively stable in college athletics. George, at media day, you left, you seem to leave the door open to the possibility that maybe UCLA would not end up in the Big Ten in two years. What is your view of, of UCLA's situation right now? I know there's a a UC Regents meeting coming up this week. Another one, you think the Bruins may end up staying in the Pac-12? Uh, I'm not going to make a prediction of that, but what I would say is that we, we welcome the ongoing review of UCLA's decision by the UC Board of Regents, um, particularly in light of the fact that the initial decision was made, we understand, without consultation with student-athletes, faculty, alumni, student-athletes, families, Cal Berkeley, or the Board of Regents, and some other key stakeholders, um, you know, we also saw the meeting that the Board of Regents had last month, and we're kind of enlightened, and particularly because the Board of Regents' conclusion by their general counsel that was testifying as part of that hearing was that they have the right to overturn the decision uh, if they believe that doing so is warranted. And, you know, I, I, I look at that decision, and um, there's a couple of key reasons why we think that um, overturning the decision would not be a bad idea. I think, you know, there's a significant impact on student-athlete physical and mental well-being, which affects both academics and athletics, uh, in having to travel across two or three time zones for almost all of your conference games. We think it creates hardship for the families of UCLA student-athletes and the UCLA alumni who want to attend conference games. Um, we, we, we've kind of done back-of-the-envelope calculations on the negative impact on UCLA expenses, travel expenses and just expenses for coaches' salaries and other things, just to get to the average Big Ten athletic budget. And, um, you know, we, we think that uh, the incremental money they're going to receive from the Big Ten media rights deal will be more than 100% offset by additional expenses. So you end up taking that money that you earn and it goes to airline and charter companies and coaches and administrators, it doesn't go to supporting the student athletes. Um, 
And, and obviously there's the negative impact on, on Cal Berkeley that the Cal region, so I'm sure will take into account when they're considering this. Um, but again, out, outside our control, um, that, that will be a decision of the, of the regions. Are you saying you, you guys, the way you did your numbers, it, it could end up being that it costs the Bruins more? Because obviously your, the Pac-12 media rights are worth, I don't know how much more, but certainly considerably more if you have a school in the L.A. market. So the comparison, I guess, is what are the media rights with UCLA versus what UCLA would get in the Big Ten? And, and you guys think that it could be a, financially they're better off staying? Uh, we are sure they are financially off, better off staying. And we are sure that there was no other criteria in the decision other than financial. Are you asking the media partners to to give you projections involving UCLA being part of the conference? Uh, yeah, we're we're talking to our media partners uh, with both UCLA as part of the conference and without UCLA. If the Pac-12 fans have you know been through a lot in the last eight, 10 years, right? I mean, DirecTV and the Pac-12 networks and issues with the football product, the way the football product was managed, you know, and now there's, and obviously that all happened before, before you uh, joined the conference. And then one year in this, you know, gut punch from, from the big 10, what would you say to Pac-12 fans that are just, you know, kind of, heads down they're not confident in because of what they've seen they're not confident that the pac-12 presidents right because they ultimately run the show are going to make the right decisions for the future of this conference well I, listen I, I would say look at the achievements we made in the last 14 months and the progress we've made and i, I mean let's just talk about the football product right we're, we're sitting at a place where both of our LA schools are undefeated. Uh, they, by the way, after you know non-conference, they, they got there in different ways, but I would say USC is certainly showing a top 10 offense. And that came from investments that they made in the last year, not before that. Um, and you know, that's great for the student athletes at, at those two schools. Look at Utah. Utah is one play away from being a top five uh, team, right? I was, I was in the swamp and, saw that interception, it was crushing, but they're really one play away from being a top five school right now. And then we've got four schools in Washington and Oregon that are collectively 11 and one, right? O Oregon State's looking fantastic. I was very fortunate to be at Camp Randall to watch Washington State uh, you know, beat Wisconsin, really tough place to play and win. I was fortunate this past Saturday to be in Washington, to watch Washington with a statement win against a ranked Michigan State team. That was fantastic. And, and Oregon lost to Georgia, you know, the, the consensus number one team in the country. Um, you know, it basically, I mean, it was a home game in Atlanta for Georgia. So, I, I mean, just look at the progress we've made with the football product. And, it, you know, if you think about our, our school is going to leave for this conference or that conference, man, with the expanded CFP and with this investment and with the success that we're having, I can't think of a better path to a national championship than being part of the Pac-12. Kind of gets, makes me wonder if, you know, the expansion of the playoff may end up slowing, slowing realignment or at least changing the calculation, right? Because 
maybe now, whereas it was all about media revenue before, now does the competitive piece of the playoff, you know, take a, a greater weight within that calculation that schools have to make? I, I think that's part of it. I think it's also there will be incremental revenue distributed to all of the schools that participate, not not just make the CFP, but are in these conferences as a result of the expansion of the CFP. And the more money that kind of gets distributed centrally and evenly uh, among uh, these schools, the less being in one conference or another make, makes a difference in your bottom line revenue. George, my last question. I mean, I when I saw UCLA, USC, the Big Ten, my heart dropped. And it, and it dropped because uh, I'm a purist and I like the tradition and I like the Rose Bowl and I don't like L.A. schools in the Big Ten and, and I don't think I'm alone there. We had talked earlier about the shift from subsidization to a different model in college athletics and I'm kind of wondering where it's all headed. Where do you think it's headed? What do you tell fans who are concerned about the loss or the, maybe they're mourning the loss of college athletics? Well, it, it either heads to a professional model, which would be devastating. Um, it, it would be probably good for the two or 3% of our basketball and football student athletes who end up going pro, but bad for everyone else, all of the other student athletes, there'd be thousands of scholarships lost. It would be detrimental to everything we are trying to accomplish. Or we figure some way to uh, continue the collegiate model. By the way, doing more for our student athletes than we do for them today, uh, but but not having them as employees, but doing more for them. Um, and, and we figure out a way to, despite the fact that all the revenue is coming into the system, to to use that as a way to elevate the academic opportunities that we're giving to more and more student athletes and to double down on the collegiate model. And that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm trying to achieve. I think it's interesting because you've got, you know, some in the power five, even you've got a real division of people who have worked on campuses and been part of college athletics. And then sort of the new commissioner, and I'll put you in that category from, you know, MGM sports and entertainment and your background in, in entertainment and inventory. But um, do you feel like you have consensus among the power five? commissioners as to what college athletics should be or is that part of the unknown i think that's part of the unknown and i guess what, I, what i'd say is even though i came from outside of college athletics if i wanted to work in professional sports i would have gone back to work in professional sports you know, i worked at major league baseball uh earlier in my career um it, you know I, I i hope that everyone is here uh for reasons that are about protecting and expanding a system that creates educational opportunities uh, and kind of, you know, generational family changing opportunities for folks that otherwise would not get that opportunity through sport. George, I really appreciate you doing this interview. I know a lot of people uh, are curious kind of where things are uh, and thanks for doing this. Um, and we'd love to have you back on after you get a deal, you know, as our first, as our first guest, uh, we appreciate you. You could also come back on like at next week and give us a blow by blow of what ESPN's <laughs> saying. <laughs> no, I don't think that's going to happen, but appreciate the offer and appreciate both of you guys. And again, congratulations on the new venture. And I'm, I'm quite honored to be your first guest. Thank you. Okay. That's PAC 12 commissioner, George Klyovkov. 
talking, breaking his silence for the first time after media day. Wilner, immediate takeaways. Go. What jumped out at you? I mean, the biggest thing that jumped out at me is the fact that he's saying it is a money losing proposition for UCLA to go to the Big Ten. Uh, UCLA is, I mean, money is the reason they're doing it for the main reason they're doing it, right? Because they're staring at tens of millions of dollars of debt. That to me, uh, you know, I don't know what UCLA's numbers say, but that is, uh, that's pretty eye opening to think about. Yeah. And, and another big takeaway for me is look, he's not willing to break some news here. But they're certainly hearing the noise, right? They're hearing all the noise from Brett Yormark in the Big 12. They're hearing they're they're watching Kevin Warren go on national TV and and take a victory lap. Uh, and amid that, you know, I think their strategy here, which I'm not totally on board with, is to let other people talk and then emerge when they have something to talk about. I'm not totally on board with that because, you know, that destabilization. It's not just the university presidents. It's not just the ads and recruits that you need to worry about. It's donors, it's fans, it's people who are invested in this conference and feel like they're stakeholders in this conference. So I do think it was good that he came out in this interview and talked because I think just going uh, radio silent for so long has been detrimental in a number of ways, maybe not to their negotiation, but uh, possibly to, you know, sort of the, the stability of the conference through the eyes of the public. Yeah, the perception becomes reality situation, no, no doubt. And it was interesting. He said, you know, he he reiterated what he said at Pac-12 Football Media Day in late July. Nobody's going to the Big 12. Uh, you know, he seemed to feel confident that nobody's going to the Big 10. Uh, so, you know, reading between the lines, he at least seems to think they're on track f- for 10 schools to, uh, you know, agree to a grant of rights. He said if they put the right deal in front of them. And that was, I thought that was a, an interesting takeaway too. If we put the right deal in front of them. Yeah. And I think, I think Oregon is, is the wild card here. And, and I think they're, you know, if they're talking, you know, he did say all things are being discussed when I asked him about an equal revenue sharing of media rights. I do, I mean, of excuse me, of the postseason windfalls. Uh, and I think that could be an ex- a selling point to somebody like Oregon. Look, you have an easier path to the playoff. And if you get there, you get to keep a larger share of that windfall, and you're not going to get that in another conference. And I think you're speaking the language of Phil Knight. You're speaking the language of Oregon and the ambition there, maybe not just Oregon, but some others. In basketball, Arizona certainly would be interested in that conversation too. Well, and, and you know, the language of Phil Knight at this point, right, is win a national championship. And Oregon, you know, I'm sure is trying to figure out wh- what's the better path, right? And you could make a case that – you can't certainly you can't win it unless you're in the playoff. What is the better path to getting in the playoff on a regular basis for Oregon or Washington? Right. One of the great aims of this podcast is to inform you, give you that in-depth sourced reporting and commentary that that uh, we can bring to you. And getting George Kriovkov as our first guest, I think, was a good get. Give us a suggestion if you have a suggestion for our second guest. Who should we go after? Who should we chase? Another conference commissioner a coach in the conference, an athletic director, an administrator, somebody in the media world, you can tweet at John Wilner Hotline, at Wilner Hotline on Twitter. Tweet at me, at John Canzano BFT. You can read me at johnconzano.com exclusively. Wilner, tell them where to find you. Bay Area News Group is the mothership, pac12hotline.com, and we are available at uh, on media partners throughout the conference, websites, newspapers, the whole shebang. Thanks, everybody, for joining us.